Hello, welcome to Merritt's Musings for the week of October 5th, 2020. This is a podcast for educators in the very broadest sense. My name is Jason Merritt, and I'm a public school teacher and a youth minister in my church and a parent. I've dedicated my life to helping people grow and learn. And I'm something of a writer and a poet, someone who loves language both for its own artistry, but also its power. In this podcast, I'm going to explore some of my informal thoughts on what it means to be human, especially in the context of being an educator, a minister, and a parent. Often, I will orient my musings around a poem I love, because any time I spend talking about poetry is time well spent in my book. I might also veer off to talk a little bit about my dogs. If you're not the type of person who enjoys a little random dog talk, this may not be the podcast for you. I invite you to join the conversation. Feel free to write me with your thoughts and feedback. My contact information is on our website, meritsmusings.buzzsprout.com, and on my Facebook page. And now, this week's episode. This week, I'm reading the poem, What If a Much of a Witch of a Wind, by E.E. E. Cummings. What if a much of a witch of a wind gives the truth to summer's lie, bloodies the dizzying leaves the sun and yanks immortal stars awry, blow king to beggar and queen to seem, blow friend to fiend, blow space to time. When skies are hanged and oceans drowned, the single secret will still be man. What if a keen of a lean wind flays, Streaming hills with sleet and snow, Strangles valleys by ropes of thing, And stifles forests and white ago. Blow hope to terror, blow seeing to blind, Blow pity to envy and soul to mind, Whose hearts are mountains, roots are trees, It's they shall cry hello to the spring. What if a dawn of a doom of a dream bites this universe in two, peels forever out of his grave and sprinkles nowhere with me and you, blow soon to never, blow never to twice, blow life to isn't, blow death to was. All's nothing, only our hugest home. The most who die, the more we live. I picked this poem for... A number of reasons, but like always, the primary reason is that I just love it. E. e. Cummings is one of my all-time favorite poets. Uh, and for that, I can thank my brother, Clint, who used to wander into my bedroom at one in the morning uh, and recite snatches of lyrics and snatches of stanzas from E. e. Cummings and then wander on off. Uh, and I wrote snatches and copies of E. Cummings poems when I was wooing my wife uh, and sent her his work because it was so much better than mine. Uh, I love E. Cummings because he's so creative and so courageous. The things he does with language and syntax are just absurdly cool and absurdly crazy. Uh, if you have a chance to look at the structure of the poem, you'll see there's all this interesting punctuation around parentheses and dashes that help magnify the meaning. And there's all these patterns built into it. I find E. Cummings 
uh, is almost hypnotic and magical in the power of the language just by itself, apart from its meaning. Uh, to a great degree, it's beauty for its own sake, and, and that deserves uh, appreciation uh, and respect. Because uh, every time I hear an E. Cummings poem, it calls me out to something greater than myself. Um, and that is an aspiration that I'm always pursuing. But apart from E. Cummings as a whole, this particular poem speaks a lot to me because it's full of apocalyptic theories. You can hear my dog in the background. He doesn't care much for apocalypse, but he is interested in scratching himself uh, as we speak. Um, but the uh, poem has a witch of a... Uh, what if a much of a witch of a wind gives the truth the summer's lie? And then it's yanking the stars out, and it's bloodying the sun, and then it's got a wind that is strangling valleys, and then finally in the last stanza, we're biting the universe in two and exploding it. And those destructive apocalyptic images really speak to me in the midst of this pandemic. And I don't know if we're in the midst of this pandemic or if the pandemic is winding down, as many members of our government seem to be suggesting, or if there's another round. Uh, it's also full of uncertainty as to where we are in this arc. Um, but I do know the world isn't the world I thought it was. And the world seems uh, on the edge of disaster all the time. Uh, and that is what I hear in this poem. What if everything is being destroyed? What if all the things that we we're certain about and we knew and we understood what if they all vanished or were distorted or corrupted what do, what do we do when the world is falling apart around us and i think that's always true and always possible right um but in this time of pandemic and a an election and political scandal and 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 it sings to me even more uh, and what it says to me are the endings. So we're blowing king to beggar and queen to seam. We're taking our friends and making them fiends. Everything's being destroyed. The skies are hanging, the oceans drowned. But the single secret will still be man. That there's something in the human condition, in us, that transcends our circumstances. And even when everything has been ripped apart and exploded and opened and the and it's all exposed there is still a mystery to being human that is important and deserves celebration in the second stanza again all these terrible things are happening and then he breaks all the rhythm to say this whose hearts are mountains roots are trees it's they shall cry hello to the spring and i hear this echo of the beatitudes right um, this whole idea of uh, blessed are the meek, it's they who shall. And, and that piece, that resonation with me. Um, and I, I love the fact that in the midst of all of this, there's still room for a cheerful greeting to the next thing, the spring, the rebirth, um, a recognition that all endings are really beginnings again. And in this instance, a joyful beginning, if our hearts are mountains and our roots are trees, if our 
emotions and our compassion are large and rooted. And if we are rooted deep into that which makes us human, it is then that we can endure this and look to the next phase. And of course, that makes me wonder because in this time of pandemic, we have things like blow pity to envy in the poem, and so much of compassion seems to have vanished, and so much of care seems to have disappeared. And in the midst of the fear of the pandemic, often we lose our heart and we uproot our trees, uh, at least the metaphorical trees of our existence. Um, but if we can resist that, then there's an opportunity to cry hello to the spring. And in the third stanza, we finally get, after everything has been destroyed and never destroyed twice, we find out that in this nothing, we have a home. That this uncertainty is our uncertainty. It is our place. Our place isn't certainty. Our place isn't control. Our place is in the midst of confusion. And in that, those of us who die, the more we live. And again, I hear all of those New Testament admonitions from Jesus reminding us that giving up our lives, losing our lives is how we find them. That to remove the focus from ourselves and to think about others is the path to real success. So when I think about all of that, I find this disturbing poem full of tremendous hope, full of tremendous promise, and that brings me back to teaching. Because in teaching, there's we're always sort of at the edge of disaster, right? Every lesson plan could go wrong, and all it takes is one or two students to be in that place where they need to derail things to show that they're powerful, um, where they need some way to express their anger, and you or the other students are convenient because the people they're really angry at aren't available uh, to for them to express. And all it takes is just a little skewing, and your great lesson plan, your great day goes haywire, right? I had a mentor teacher who said teaching is, is bullfighting. It's uh, creating art with something that will turn on you at any moment. Um, and I love my students, but I recognize that they're not always in control of themselves. And their best selves hide often. And their worst self sometimes comes out to play. And I uh, have to live within that world, right? Um, but going back to this poem, the single secret will still be man. I think the greatest power and joy of teaching is the fact that there are deep truths and mysteries in the human condition. And as an English teacher, I get to live in that space. Uh, and there's no greater joy than my discovering something real about my students, but even better, when I can structure something so that they can find something real about themselves. When in the midst of their, all their confusions of adolescence, uh, they can find an anchor, find a root, find a mountain inside of themselves that is real and solid and will resist all of the apocalyptic pandemic destructions around them. Those things can be found. Uh, and where I think they are found is in each other. The most who die, the more we live. It ends plural. 
And I think that's where the truth really is. Uh, our identity in this world, in the physicality of this world, is subject to the changes of physicality. But our identity that's found in each other, uh, that, although it changes, has a core of reality that is meaningful. And in the end, all ec teaching, all excellent teaching, is about establishing relationships that create the opportunity for truth, right? And perception and reality. And that is, I think, where we tend, as teachers, to lose ourselves. We have a, a need to get so much accomplished, and it is so overwhelming, especially in this crazy time when, among everything else, we've got to worry about face masks and Zoom meetings and all of that stuff while still hitting all of the paperwork and hitting all the curriculum needs and standards and benchmarks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, that's true. But that's not the real truth. The real truth is our job is to form a relationship with our students and encourage the students to form relationships with each other so this magical thing called learning can happen. And it only happens in the web of relationships. That's it. That's all there is. Uh, everything else is ancillary to that core piece. And if we can focus on that, the strength of a relationship that can endure, uh, then perhaps we can survive even this crazy pandemic time and thrive in it. Then the much of a witch of a wind that gives the truth to summer's lie might also give us some truth too. So that's what I've got for you today. Uh, a poem full of dread that ends up also being full of hope, just like I hope your world that might be full of dread now still has a tremendous amount of hope buried inside of it. Take care of yourselves. Take care of each other. Till next time, this is Jason Murray.